You are listening to 40-something podcast with Valley and the Vig. And now, Silicon Steve Valley and the Vig. Forty Somethings podcast, and uh, here we are for a fabulous Friday, March fifth, two thousand twenty-one. I got Valley here. I'm the Vig, and uh, you know we were thinking about what we were going to talk about today because, uh, well, you know we didn't really want to keep it going with politics, and uh, coronavirus has kind of been getting uh, a little bit drabby and old. So, I'm over it. I mean, aren't we all over Let's it? Let's have really? music festivals again. I know. And it's like, as you start hearing about the ones that are getting moved uh, into the summer and you start thinking like, okay, that's the one it's going to happen. You know, and we, uh, that, and we have done like, that. I think it's not too early to make this announcement. Sure. With the assumption that summer camp music festival in Chillicothe, Illinois is happening. We are going to be shooting. We are going to be recording podcasts and doing a lot of promotions at summer camp music festival. We cannot wait. We have reached out to members of the summer camp community, hoping to do some cross promotion, but we are going to be there. We are going to be recording podcasts, talking about what summer camp is. So that's really exciting. That's happening. My birthday weekend, August 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. So keep an eye on that. Just a big announcement here for your forte parter. Sounds great. And, uh, you know, this is all, this is all just good stuff. That's, you know, as we're, we're trying to move back into the new norm, which was the old norm, which, uh, you know, the, it uh, it will still be, uh, you know, we were just talking about this before during pre-production. It's still going to be face masks. It's still going to be social distancing. We're going to have to go with that for a while, at least through the rest of this year. Um, but it's it's great to hear that some stuff are, is getting planned. Uh, you know, summer camp is one of those that got moved to August. Uh, the pre-party starts on the 19th, that Thursday. Um, you know, hopefully they have some, uh, maybe a late night going on then, uh, but there will be the late nights in the red barn. Majority of the artists that were originally planned for 2020 will be back again for this version of summer camp, the 2021, which is the 20th anniversary too. So it's really going to be a, a banger and we're going to be there in style, uh, with, with, with microphones, with production equipment and, uh, with flags. And uh, you know, look up in the air and you might just see the 40-somethings podcast on Spotify uh, flowing in the air on the grounds of Summer Camp Music Festival in Chillicothe, Illinois, August 19th, have... 20th, 21st, 22nd in, uh, in August. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. And we actually are going to have some T-shirts to hand out to at that point in time. And we have a big announcement coming next week about another on location podcasts that we're going to be doing, which and actual cross promoting with the festival, a very big regional festival in Pennsylvania. But we're going to drop that news next week. I cannot wait. This, nice. Nice. what we wanted to talk about today is starting over when you have a cyclical, a cyclical pattern of your jobs that you are working, whether one job or even be four or five jobs. You get jobs because of money primarily, and you hate them. And that's how you live your life. And I would say a majority of us do that. Sure. And then, so the question is, at what point do we break away from those chains? Because you're at that crossroads right now. I know. I always seem to be at this crossroads. It's like every couple of years. But 
in, in other words, that does happen. I, I do seem to be a person that, that that does continue to happen with. I've started over a couple times, so uh, I'm well versed in this area. And uh, you know, it seems to be happening again with me because I keep kind of going back to the same thing. And it's like, well, I'm I'm an IT person. I like computers, and I you know I'm good at it, and uh, I'm good at supporting those things. But I keep working for these same corporations that really don't give a shit about you. And then. The one that I did actually got get a job with, I got furloughed for indefinitely, and that was Live Nation Entertainment and Ticketmaster, which was right up my alley as far as uh, doing a, a company to do IT work for. So right now they're saying, well, we'd love to bring you back, but we just don't know when that's going to happen. So now I'm just like, okay, here I am with a cog job uh, with one of the old baby bells that was the West, was the old Mountain West out here in, in Colorado is now. CenturyLink is now Lumen Technologies. And I tell you what, man, I'm over it after six months. So, um, you know, we started talking about some of these things. And, you know, how do you realize that that you're at that point? And with the coronavirus, you know, people are more stressed out. They're having to work from home in a job that isn't devised for working from home. And they're probably thinking, you know, is this job right for me? Is this career right for me? What? I'm miserable doing this, you know. And it's gotten even worse with the pandemic. So what should I do? What should I do? And uh, that's what today's podcast is going to be about is, is, is you know, having, having the gusto, having the courage and, and knowing when to say when and say, you know what, I'm, I'm over this job. I'm going to go go explore some great things. And that's what I'm going to decide to do with myself is I'm going to start to investigate, maybe uh, looking into developing software and taking some classes to, to learn some special skills that could be part of this digital transformation that's coming, you know, in, the, in this roaring 20s that they're calling for. We're, we, everybody's really going to need to understand some sort of IT or some sort of coding to really get by in life. So, you know, I've been discovering, you know, I'm going to schedule a meeting with somebody, I think, you know, next week to, to talk more about this. And uh, that that's the avenue I'm going to take. And, you know, that, that, that's what we decided to, to make the topic for this, today's discussion. Absolutely. And it comes, the reason I brought it up is because we started talking about your life and your personal life, all the stuff you've gone through. We've, you know, we've discussed your dad's passing and all that just recently. Sure. So I asked how you were doing. And then we started getting into it. And I also realized here, here's where my point is, folks. How are you, and I want you to ask this question and acknowledge it and be aware of yourself. Are you in a job that you hate, that you are strictly because of safety, because of insurance, because of money? Ask yourself that legitimate question. Yeah. You don't have to answer me. Sure. Don't get, and by the way, starting over isn't just quitting your job and getting another job. Starting over is, okay, this is something I'm not going to put my energies into anymore. This is a path. And that is, look, you're talking to a guy who had a 13-year career in, in operations management with a company. And I was forced to start over completely. And I was in a situation where the only value I had that I made that kind of money was to the company that let me go. So all of a sudden, my value of what I can make in general wasn't as good as I would like to be, especially for 43. So I made a decision. Okay, am I going to be in this business the rest of my life? And my boss said all the time, you're not going to make money in this business. You're never, it's not, it's just, unless you have, 50 guys working for you, you're not making money. So I said, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to take some of the assets I've already accrued. And, and I'm fortunate that I own a house and I have a great wife and my mom and all that. 
I'm going to bet on myself because I have the opportunity to, which is big, to change the trajectory of my life. And I'm going to do something that matters that I love because there's a great line. If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And that's so important. And nobody loves what they do. And you can love what you do. Money is the easiest commodity to come across. You want to make money? Go get to another job. You want to make even more money? Go get another job. Money is there. You just got to work for it. Sure. But you can also go after your dreams and put your energies into something you believe in too. If you have the opportunity. Now, if you've got three or four kids and two mortgages and you're just trying to, and you're just scraping by, that's a noble pursuit. And I respect the shit out of that. I also did that. But if you have an opportunity like, like the VIG has to go after something that you are passionate about, it doesn't matter you're 43, 44, even 24, 40, 34. If you have that knowledge and that pride when you're in your 20s, even better for you. But you have an opportunity. If you have an opportunity like I had or like VIG had to change the trajectory of your life and not just go back to your humdrum lifestyle with a humdrum job, or if you hate your job, leave it. Don't be a slave to money or insurance. You guys will get by. That being said, though, you have to have that opportunity. And so this isn't for people who are really just getting by and, oh, it's easy for you to say that. It's so easy. Yeah, it is because I do have a very strong support system, particularly with my wife and my mother. If you don't have a legitimate excuse, because I could have other excuses. Oh, I'm 43. I shouldn't go back to school. Oh, I'm 43. I don't have time. I, I put so much into this. Uh, the other industry i've done this so long i just don't want to but do i want to do it anymore right because if you put the work in you're going to make just as much money five six years from now than you were when you're doing something you hated it's just going to suck you have to put you got to struggle you have to not go on as many trips you have to not do certain things you have to make sacrifices and you have to do the work you have to do the work and bet on yourself and vig that's what i implore you to do it's something that you are certainly talented enough to do. And I implore, if you have the opportunity, I don't care how old you are, do it. And then, like you said, you know, if this is the, if, if you have like two, two or three kids and, and, you know, you're, you're in a job, you're just, just barely getting by and, you know, have a mortgage or, you know, two mortgages that this really isn't the episode for you because you're back in with your parents, you, uh, you, you've been on unemployment now for a while and you continuing to do that, trying to figure out what, what it is you want to do in life. This is the episode for you. And this is what, what, what we're really trying to say here is that you're never really going to get another time in this, in, in this century, probably the next hundred years. We're, we're at like a rare time. You know, a global pandemic has just rolled through and desecrated everything. And we're in a major recession now. So you're really at a point now where you could just break it down and, and build it back up again and choose your own destiny. So like you said, you moved in, you moved back in with your parents, right? It, it sucks. It sucks. And you're on unemployment. You were do all the stuff that you used to did. Say you were living in New York and you were doing that nightlife stuff. And now you're back in Jersey somewhere and you're stuck in your parents' house. And, you know, try to look at the silver lining that this, you can recreate your own destiny now. What it, figure out what it is that you really like to do. Take a few personality tests. Maybe go see a life coach or a career coach. I, I did the same thing. Actually, before uh, coronavirus hit, I went and saw a career coach 
paid a hundred bucks for a session, but man, we went through and did a bunch of tests about all my personality. And we had realized that I was, you know, I was working for suits for FedEx and for UPS and some of these other companies, like they were totally not the companies I should be working for and the, and the positions I should be, I should be in a communicative job that's creative, that's around a lot of people that are, are, are the same way, really. Um, and, it, you know, it didn't take a career coach to, to pull that out. I already kind of knew that, but she, she opened the doors for me. And uh, you know, it's just part of this, uh, this part of this episode that we're doing today. And, and, you know, if you are stuck in a rut right now, or you're stuck in a dead end job and, you know, go ahead and just take the plunge, take the plunge and go and do it. You know, just, I'm not saying everybody should go out and quit their job during a pandemic and, you know, but if you're starting to see like where there's a window of opportunity, maybe open up, you're at a crossroads, you know, like you can't just keep doing this. Your boss sucks. The position sucks. You know, well, there's ways of getting around that. We're not going to tell anybody to do something they're not supposed to be, or they shouldn't do, or that's illegal, but you know, think about it, get creative a little bit, manifest your own destiny. Really is, is what this is, what this episode is about today. Absolutely. And that's the whole thing. And by the way, even if you have the three kids and the mortgage, hey, get, self-care is extraordinarily important. If you're not at your best, you're not going to be your best for your family. And it's not selfish to say, hey, I'm taking 20 minutes every day or a half hour every day to do me. Okay, guys, this is very important to me. This is what I'm going to do. Just draw a boundary. But we're so afraid of drawing boundaries with the people we love. And so what you do is you continue to not give yourself that time and self-love and you build resentment towards the people you love because I never have time for anything. So I'm always doing something with the kids and what have you. And you could go two ways. You could suck it up. My uncle just passed. He said something to me. He's like, you get to a certain age when you realize that everything you, you, your life is just to support your family. And that's admirable. And also true, you need to support your family. But just to support your family doesn't mean you have to give up a big part of who makes you you and who brings what brings you happiness. And oftentimes, if that's something you can make money at, that's even better. Or if you could somehow apply what you love to a vocation. But if you're doing something that you just absolutely... Now, there are people who love it. Now, my wife, what she wants to do, she wants to... Her job, she despises, but it, it's a very, very good company. And it's very safe. She's getting her paycheck, very, very good paycheck. She's got her benefits, very good benefits. She's got her pension, very good pension, all the retirement shit. And it's good to have. And that's the reason I, I am able to go back to school and become co-host of two podcasts. And, you know, so I have that opportunity, but you could also make your own opportunity. At the end of the day, great quote. And I'm sure you've heard it. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. You know, I said, said in an earlier episode a couple of weeks back, you know, we're at the time period now where we're going to be, we're going to have to kind of, we're just going to have to look at things a lot differently than, than our parents did and uh, do things that take risks that our parents didn't really tell us or teach us otherwise. We're going to have to think out of the box away from that and break away from that and uh, you know, take some risks that could actually end up blowing up in our face. Uh, but 
the alternative of that would be to rediscover a whole nother life, really. If we can get to my daughter's generation, I think we'll be okay. The baby boomers and the Gen X and a lot of the Gen Xers, they are not getting on board. There is a consciousness awakening throughout this world. It's not just happening with me or with you, Vig, where we're, where people are asking greater questions than all the questions we were programmed to ask. My daughter's generation, and maybe it's just my daughter. I'm hoping it's the entire generation. And I hear some of the YouTube videos, which I don't like, but a lot of her YouTube women and men that she followed, they really preach positive shit, man. They preach being yourself. They preach being kind. They preach all this stuff. That's what my daughter's watching. And I used to shit on it. And how many parents, how many parents out there and say, I can't, I can't stand the YouTube stuff. And so I took a different approach to it. Well, are they, am I saying the same thing to her that my parents were saying to me about video games? Yes. Our, that generation's not screwed because they're watching YouTube. They're screwed if they're not raised right. Period. Yeah, that's, yeah absolutely. And my daughter absolutely. is listening, and I never turned them off because they're positive. Even this JoJo Siwa woman, little girl, just came out as a lesbian, apparently. But she was the biggest pop star in the world for you know, the demographic between girls five to 15, she was it. And it's certainly going to be a video of my daughter dancing and screaming to her is going to be utilized to embarrass the shit out of her at some point in her life. That being said, they, the, there's a positivity and a more woke approach than Britney Spears with a lot of these with these kids between five and 15. Now there is Cardi B and Mickey Minaj too, but you got to keep your kids away. But what my daughter's listening to is being yourself, being kind to people, trying to show how overreactions are so ridiculous. My daughter's seeing this shit. So I'm actually Jesse V and I'll give her credit. Jesse V is such a positive person for my daughter to listen to. Young woman making her mark as a YouTuber. So I really think that there is a conscious awakening, a consciousness that is being awoken throughout. And the younger they are, the more conscious they're going to get. And I really think generation, I guess it's called generation alpha. Or she's generation Z, I'm not sure. But either way, I, I think if we get to that generation, I think we're going to be good. And that's, that's the generation who's essentially going to say to everybody that, thought January 6th was all right, or anyone that thought January 6th wasn't as bad as it was, those are the kids that are going to judge the shit out of you and cast and then totally throw out everything you believe in. And it's going to be, hopefully, I'm hoping to be alive for that. What's the, what is the generation after gen, uh, Generation Z? Generation Alpha. Okay. They're the Alpha generation, man. Alpha generation. So these are these are that's the generation that's really going to be fully fully utilizing uh, autonomous vehicles, um, and a lot of this digital digital transportation, you know, Bitcoin or some of these other currencies that will probably come up to become these regular payment currencies. Uh, they'll be the ones that will be utilizing that. They'll be able to. They'll probably actually know a little bit of coding to get by. Um, what is coding? Coding. Coding. What is, is coding? My daughter told me about this. I don't know what coding is. Can you explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old? Okay. So 
Well, so coding, if you don't know what anything is, it's, it's basically putting syntax together to create something. So you put together, you code it. So you put together some syntax, which would be, you know, wording, numbers, symbols in, in, in place and to create an application or to create a document or to create, you know, it would be something really in the computer age. Um, so you code it, you develop it. All right, so syntax. So essentially what you're saying is certain code. Syntax is, syntax is basically what the, the characters you put in, correct? Right, wording or language. That All is right. used to create. Gotcha. Yeah, because I bought one for my daughter. It's a decoder with Harry Potter of all things. Like my daughter's more, you know, I have to stay with my daughter in terms of technology. And if you're in your forties, by the way, and if, oh, that's how it, remember how we used to make fun of our grandparents for not being able to use a remote control and or use a microwave or something like that. Remember that? Well, now you're that guy. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. You're you're that guy. Oh, I don't know why they have to all do all this fancy stuff. Well, now you're that guy if you're complaining about it. So congratulations. And uh, and Dick. honestly, just yeah, just uh, just to come out and right and say this, just to back with my father, who was a school teacher in New Jersey for like thirty years. He used to bring home the the very first Apple two C and very first Macintosh computers and bring it into the house so me and my brother could work with it and started getting used to what was really going to change the world in the years to come yeah well i mean we haven't even scratched the surface i think of what we're well we're starting well we've scratched the surface but where technology is headed over the next decade is incredible and digital, it's exciting that's why i want to stick around that's why i quit drinking so i can stick around for all this shit. sure we were i really to do, do if we can get through to my daughters when my daughters if we can get 25 years out of this country we're good we have to make it 25 years i'm not sure we are though i really don't i'm really but I'm afraid of, of what's to come. But what happens is, is with this consciousness is if you have two ways to go, and we talked about the, that creative consciousness, which we keep on talking about, or the fear, you can, that's that's really, the, the line is now becoming relatively clear of what side you're going to be on moving forward. The line is starting to get pretty clear. So I implore us 40-somethings to kind of embrace the new because it's going to happen with whether you like it or not. We really do have to reach out to this Generation Z and Generation Alpha and curb them from, because they have a, they span the screen time, especially in coronavirus. They're always on a screen. I see, I see my friend's kids all the time. They have to limit it. And so they can see a lot of things. And, uh, you know, YouTube has a lot of stuff on it. Honestly, I've learned more things off YouTube, I'd say, in the last year than I would have in a college classroom. So, but with that being said, there's a lot of material in there that's just not, it's just, you know, it, uh, it's disinformation, it's uh, inaccurate stuff. And uh, you, we actually know where a lot of that was coming from these last couple months. So, you know, to try to steer away from that would really be beneficial in creating, a, you know, the up and coming, the ones that are going to be able to take us into this, uh, into this fourth industrial revolution that's coming. Yeah, and it's going to be incredible. It really is. So I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm scared. You know, it's just like, I think, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. I don't know if we're darkest yet, but going back to our original point to kind of bring it full circle, 
yeah, I think it's definitely time for all for if you have the opportunity and make the opportunity is self-love to go after something you can right now, Vic, you have, and I, we talked about it last week. You look at the opportunity you have, man. You're, you're in a, there is no reason for you not to go after what you want to do and become a monster software giant. If you really wanted to, you're smart enough and you have the tools. Thanks. I really needed that actually because of the way things have been these last couple of weeks, last the whole last year, really, you know, and it's, when you see yourself when you're at 44, you know, you're not getting any younger. Um, and you kind of see, kind of see some of these younger, younger peeps coming up and they're just running circles around you, you know, and you're just like, okay, whoa, you know, they're just going for it. So we're at a crossroads really where we'll be going into a fourth industrial revolution. So with that, there'll be a lot of new skills that'll be learned. And with that, there's going to be a lot of old skills that are going to fall by the wayside. You know, things like uh, jobs like truck driving, um, you know, manual vehicles that'll be running these loads. So um, those type of jobs are going to go by the wayside, but there's going to be tons of new jobs in AI, artificial intelligence, coding, data analytics, software development, virtual collaboration, uh, like video conferencing, what we're doing right now. You know, there's, there's constantly going to need to be support for these types of technologies. Data collection. I'm kind of studying that. We should go into business together eventually. You know, the interesting thing about this data and how we like everything data is so popular now and we're harnessing it. You know, yeah. this was always the case. Like back in the 80s, it, the scientists back then were saying, you know, we, could, we have all this data. We could get all this data on people. And we can really use this to reshape things. And, but nobody cared. Nobody yeah. really cared. And we didn't have a way of harnessing it that quickly. Like we are now we're able to just capture it. Um, we, we didn't have the, that those means, but it, it was coming. And so now it's like, now I'm just thinking, you know, you're, you know, did, did you ever just think like, what happens if they did have a synopsis on your surfing habits and, you know, what you've done on the web for like the last six months, right? How would you feel about that? How'd you feel about that? <laughs> well, this computer would be fine, but every other device that I have touched has a tremendous amount of pornography and weird pornography. <laughs> so no, I wouldn't like that. So why, why opposed to that? Why that computer? Is that like a school computer or something? This is my school computer and I don't want to taint it with bad things. Gotcha. So that makes sense. This is work in school. The last thing I need is someone coming over here and look, ah, oh, God damn it. He looked at it. He looked at porn with, Never mind. We're not going to get into that today. That's a different episode. Well, that was my point. So, you know, somewhere this, that is collagating, you know, is it right? Did I say that right? Coagulating? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. it's all just starting to form and you start to shape the person around this data who, because based on, you know, I, I used to be able to see the last eight things that I searched for in Google and it would I'd be like, wow, you could really kind of shape a narrative from it where my head was at on a particular day of the week. What was some of this? Can we, is, can we go to some disclosure or? I don't know. Well, I guess uh, I, don't, I don't know. I see on this one, um, this one, I don't know if it'll pop up or not. Let's see what I can do. If, uh, no, I think I've almost cleaned out this. Uh, so my, my last couple searches don't come up in this one for some reason, but 
Last searched, Coinbase, YouTube, CoinGecko, YouTube, Amazon, Zillow, Bank of America, Dow Jones, DU Bootcamps, Amazon Fresh. You're trying to make some money, motherfucker. That's what you are. That's my narrative on that one. So those are my last 10 searches in Google. I don't know if I can keep going or not. Maybe I like to try to just go. Maybe I can just go the. Uh... No, it doesn't go after. So that was it. So that just gives you a synopsis of the last like 24 hours for me. How about you? I looked at it once and I was like, Ugh, and I put my phone down. Okay. So, you know, it's I full was, I like, Friday, I right? I, I can't, yeah, I don't know. So. Hey, man, I, it's going to happen, but, and you've lost a lot of them. I mean, I can't, I've, I've lost some money. I can't imagine how much you've lost. But then again, you you know. Oh, it changes every day. But yeah, yeah I mean, on some days, it's brutal. You really well, have to have, you have to have the spine for it. And you have to have the stomach for it. You have to be able to shut it down and not look at it for a couple of days, which I have a problem doing. But that's the thing, because then if you don't, if you don't know it happened, then it'll come back it's soon enough. And you didn't even know that whole big ass, that whole vomit inducing uh, drop that happened in this in, a, in an afternoon didn't, didn't really, you know, it's like a psychological thing. Yeah. I hadn't checked my 401k in a few months and I lost a lot of money in my 401k. I was like, what? Thanks Biden. Yeah, recently, I'd say the last couple of days, there's been some steep drops on Wall Street. Uh, and it's actually been a global market sell-off, really, in general. Got to weather your storm, man. You got to be like like George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I didn't watch that one this year. I actually used to watch that with my dad. It used to be on NBC on Christmas Eve. Oh. And uh, it's really, it's, it's very dated. Um, but it's actually a very awesome story uh, that, that really applies right to modern day. Um, I, as of at least 2019, that's the last time I saw it. But watching that story, it really, um, it really, it really to take, it doesn't, it doesn't get old as far as the concept behind it, you know, which is like, you know, you're going to get screwed in the world, but the best thing is, is to be able to, to be smart enough and to be, to have enough courage to be able to, to get by it and to realize what is important, which is really your, your blood and your family and your friends. So. Yeah. And that was great at the end of that. It just, it pulls your heartstrings. I did not watch it. My family was not into that movie. I, in fact, the first time I watched it's a wonderful life was probably I was a teenager, which is incredible because it's such a great Christmas movie. It's long though. Yeah, it is. What and I don't, but I don't remember. Like as a kid, I remember. Okay, Wizard of Oz is coming on tonight, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is coming on tonight. I don't remember us doing that with "It's a Wonderful Life." Oh, see, yeah, we did that with, but we did that with several other ones. It would be Mary Poppins or Sound of Music or uh, Ten Commandments. Um, these type of things that would they would these these major network things that would come on on a particular holiday or something that was always going on in my household. And you know, I, I definitely was a Juro, had a Juro Christian upbringing in Protestant. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know that, that, that did factor into the TV watching for sure. I'm surprised you didn't mention King of Kings. Did you watch that one at all? 
I, I think I remember that being on. That would be more on my father's side of things. He he'd watch uh, he'd watch the Ten Commandments too. But then, boy, that that really just got very drabby and dated as as time went on. I'm just like, man, it's. I never saw the Ten Commandments. What's it about? I'm just kidding. It's it's, it's just a biblical uh, story about you know it takes place around uh, the whole Easter holiday of things uh, when all that when all that took place. <laughs> It would be funny if you if you basically just describe the plot of Aaron Brockovich. Oh, the Ten Commandments. Yeah, it's about this woman who took on corporate America who's causing cancer. Tell you what, Julia Roberts really played her well. That was a really good role for her. That was when Julia Roberts was the shit in Hollywood. Yeah. There was yeah. nobody. She was the bee's knees. You couldn't get a bigger star than Julia Roberts. Pretty woman dropped and was like... Poof. Oh, that's right. Pretty woman. That was the one that did it. Yeah. I mean, she, I think she was in a couple of minor roles. I think she was in Steel Magnolias. And she might have been in Green Fried Tomatoes or something like that. But Pretty Woman right. dropped. And yeah. oh, my God, I had the biggest crush on her when Pretty Woman dropped. Yeah, that, she was wearing the boots in the in the. Yeah. So that was 92. We're showing our little zennial side here. Uh, so there could be some people out there that have no idea what we're talking about right now. And, uh, ah. It just goes to show you. She was so hot. Not only was she hot, she was a great actress. She had the perfect situation. Yeah, I felt the same way about Jennifer Aniston. Which, yeah, but I don't think Jennifer Aniston ever got the critical acclaims that Julia Roberts did. Yeah, at yeah. least in cinematic. Obviously, sure. Jennifer Aniston probably won several Emmys, but you know, she never. What movie she did? She really okay. But but I think I think she's cuter. I think Jennifer Aniston's a lot more like she's your face or just Jennifer Aniston has this natural beauty that you can't even. Still, and she's like 80 now, and she's still <laughs> not literally, but she's by the way. I mean, have you seen her lately? She looks great, yeah. She's in her 50s, I believe, now, but uh, she looks absolutely fantastic, and so does Jada Jada Pinkett, who now goes back to Jada Pinkett. And Jada Pinkett is actually dating somebody way younger than her. God bless her, God bless her. Pretty sure her boyfriend's like 23. Why not? That's what I say. Why not? Because you know you were saying I have this, you know, this, these opportunities these days. Well, that does stretch a lot more beyond career. And then you're out here in Colorado, and back when things were going, the before times, you know, I had opportunities. But some of my friends would be like, "Whoa, bro, bro, wait." <laughs> Did they have a amicable parting? Because Will Smith. That's probably why I always see Will Smith pop up on my Instagram or TikTok, just doing all this self help stuff. And now he's doing this another retro show with Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I feel like he's trying to be as active as possible to kind of show everybody that he's single, like people do on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how it is when you're on the rebound. It's as he said, just because he's Will Will Smith doesn't mean uh, he's really any different. Still puts his pants on one leg at a time, right? So and he's trying to trying to get that rebound action going on and trying to really remain relevant you know let's let's face it independence day was it's we're way past that bill bill pullman's even on the center now these days so he he's rocking it though he he's still doing it so he you know will smith's got to say well what am i doing really <laughs> hey actually he just played a genie i mean he's he, 
you know, at this day and age, which is unfortunate, so that's why it's not so easy to become a big YouTube sensation anymore or a podcast sensation because everybody with any kind of fame gets behind a microphone now. So it's very hard if you're two awesome gentlemen like us to try to make a wave. So you just have to concentrate on the content. So Will Smith is utilizing every facet to increase his brand to maintain relevancy. And I think The Rock has proven it doesn't matter what your project is anymore. I mean, The Rock is doing several TV shows. He's doing a reality show. Like, why is the biggest Hollywood star doing a reality show? So I think that there's no more, hey, if you can make money being a celebrity, I guess go do it. Will Smith is certainly doing that now, and God bless him. I saw the the concept for the Dwayne Johnson thing, and I didn't think it was that good, really. I I don't even remember it now. I didn't commit it. My short-term memory lost it. Oh, no, I actually watched an episode. It's called Young Rock. Okay. It's it's about him. Yeah. Listen to this. Do you know the premise? So it's back how he was when he was coming up, you know, as younger, and then so that's just one part of it, though, right? Yeah, so it's actually not the story is not taken taken in present time. It's not taken in past time either. It is a narrative. The story is told in the year 2032 when Dwayne Johnson is running for the president of the United States. This guy is going to be the president of the United States. We have absolutely reached idiocracy where we're going to have a professional wrestler be the president of the United States. It's going to happen. So he's running for president. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I, I was just saying, didn't didn't, uh, didn't that happen with Ronald Reagan anyway? He became the president. Didn't that happen with Donald Trump, really? Exactly. Reagan had a bit more polish to him than Trump did, obviously. Well, I mean, say what you want. Reagan was the last president that was over the moon popular. Oh yeah, he and he was over. And you know, we're going back to our zenial vibe again because we only really we would be the ones that remember Reagan from our from our from the from the somewhat youthful side of things, right? And I remember him being absolutely loved. My parents, who were liberals, voted for him and and liked Reagan. Yeah, my parents. That's actually when my dad became a Republican. Reagan you know, made him a Republican. Reagan, the Reagan Democrat, really, which was actually a big part of. Pennsylvania, New Jersey at that time. Because he spoke, he was actually in many ways very liberal, especially in comparison to today. Yeah, Sean Hannity, the first one banging his chest about Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan would laugh at him and be disgusted with him. (laughs) But yeah, The Rock, so the show is an interview with The Rock and it's set up where like his publicity people are saying, okay, don't go here. Don't go there. No, no, no. I want everyone to know everything. So the rock is telling, this is what he's doing. This is all about his brand. Nobody has built a brand like the rock ever in the history of the world. Seriously. Does anyone have a bad opinion of the rock? I was just going to say nothing really. There was no, you know, like we, we, we look at our, our, uh, our homie, Mr. Andrew Cuomo right now and what he's going through and then you look at The Rock, and then that, that's really the difference, I think, is that nothing like that ever touched The Rock. He always kept it, he always kept it cool. 
you know, and he never had any of these things trumped on. There was no women that trumped on. There was no sexual abuse. There was no anything. And so he, his brand has always been amazingly strong because of that. There's nothing, been nothing to take him down. Yeah, and then he actually single-handedly kept the two Fast and Furious franchise going. Let's be honest. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, was... Vin Diesel's great, whatever. But at the same right. time, The Rock is the one to breathe new blood into it. Now you have Cena involved. And I think Roman Reigns is involved. So there's a big wrestling. So, but what this is, this is a way for The Rock in a humorous way to tell his story to the American people. So nothing's going to be a surprise. He's basically confronting everything now. This is what this guy's doing. And he's making a lot of money doing it. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, the next time there is not a Democratic president, incumbent Democratic president, he will probably run for president, folks. I'm telling you. It's 2032 is 12 years away. Not even. It's 11 years away. 10 years is when campaign starts. We are a decade away. We might even be six years away from the beginnings of it. Imagine Trump, or imagine, now would Trump be able to serve if he runs again? And I don't know how that fat old man would possibly be able to live another 10 years. But if he ran for president in 2024, which it looks like he's going to, does, and he wins, does the rot, and does Trump get to, I think he would be able to have two terms. It's, I think it's two, two consecutive terms. So Trump could serve two terms. Imagine the rock versus Donald Trump in the presidency in 2028. That's a fucking absolute possibility. Hey, to keep in mind that Trump would be 80, maybe by then, at least. I don't know his exact age right now, but he would be quite old. And, and yes, it's true what you said. So 2024, it's on for Trump. He's got nothing stopping him as of now. To, to come back and run again in 2024 and see what happens. But yeah, I would love to see the rock versus Trump. That'd be awesome. So you're, you're assuming that the rock would take the democratic ticket then. Oh, he's definitely a Democrat. Yeah. And he's been critical of the president too. Not much one. It was during the riots and during the George Floyd issues. He, he had that famous Instagram post. Where are you? Where are you? Just kept on asking, where are you? Because Trump was very silent during that. Yeah. Which was another black stain on it. If yeah, he'd be a culprit, he would have won the election. If he'd be a culprit right there and, and owned it and did it and honestly just tried to do his best to not worry about his base and their fears and prejudices, which he knows and he exploits. He knows what he's doing. You know, I don't know. But it would... You're right. He would be old as shit. I think he would be 80, but I don't think if he's able to, he would do it. I'm sure he would. If he, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. On ego alone. He might not want to go against the rock. Cause I, I know Trump in his heart of hearts knows he would get his ass kicked by the rock. Oh, he got his ass kicked by Joe Biden. So he would definitely <laughs> get his ass kicked by the rock. Yeah, I mean, the rock might be the guy who transcends the way he might be the guy that brings us into that new consciousness. Dude. He might be the rock. Right. And exactly. I've met the rock and it's exciting to me that I met the president of the United States. Well, so you figure when it does come back up to 2024, you know, you, I don't know if would Biden run again, it would probably be Kamala Harris. Um, and then, 
Yeah, versus Trump, right? Or versus, well, Trump would probably be on there. Um, you're going to have a, a slew of Republicans that are going to run against him. Uh, I'd love to see The Rock come up and, and try to run against Kamala Harris, really, for the for the Democratic nomination. That'd be awesome. Kamala Harris would get destroyed by Trump. I'm saying that right now. Oh, in the general election, yes. It wouldn't even be close. If that's the case right now, I'm moving to Canada. And I'll come back when The Rock's the president. It's something to look forward to, right? 2024 is not that far away. And uh, we'll just be really finally out of this coronavirus stage. And, uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be Trump and some, and whoever, whoever Democrats do put up. I don't think Joe Biden will run for another term. I just don't think. I honestly think that within the next couple of years, things could go downhill very quickly with it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not optimistic about how his presidency is going to go. Sure. At all. I'm really not. But we'll see. Do we get to that age of enlightenment? Do we get to that the roaring 20s before 2024? If we do, if it hits in 2023, I, I feel then, he'll, then he'll probably run again. And then he'll, sure. he runs and then he steps down a year into it. I feel that we will get into that roaring 20s. Uh, probably somewhere into the middle, probably around this time to, uh, next year, 2022. I have to be completely honest with you, and I know this is whatever. If I were the Democrats, I would run because incumbents rarely lose. Now, Biden, it depends on how the next couple of years go. I don't want to speculate on that. I'm just excited. It's okay to talk about politics if we're talking about the rock being the world, being the president of the United States. I know. That is really fun to think about, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, the guy's very compatible. I mean, you hear when he has asked, when he's asked about people's feelings and all that, he's so introspective. He has an Obama vibe to him. And he has, and he resonates with people across. I just spilled half gram of marijuana all over my pants, Fig. I know I saw you multitasking there, but you were, you were nailing it really up until that point. I didn't, yeah. I, I did, I saw it dump because I was watching your face the whole time and then it dumped and I'm like, oh, he lost it. And then, so just trying to let the greater listenership know about that one, because I can just sit here and watch you on the screen, but nobody else would really know. And then you lost your whole train of thought. And No, I got my train of thought, but it's just annoying. My dog eats it and she won't be as annoying. Um, but yeah, right. No, the rock, the rock has it. The rock. Hey, he obviously knows how to work a crowd. He's known how to work a crowd since 1995, 1997, really. If you want to get tech. And he has compassion. He's a worldwide traveler. And he realizes, because he's been asked if he's going to be president, if he's going to run for president. And he has given the political, he never said no. He never said yes. He said he has to become more versed in world affairs, is what he said. And that first video he dropped last year was the first time he actually said anything political. I felt like he was holding back the whole time and finally just jumped in the ring there a little bit. But yeah, he's polished and he has charisma, much like Barack Obama did. And uh, you can carry that to the stage, to the podium. And honestly, you can really run the country on that alone, the way we've been, where we've been through. I feel that, uh, you know, somebody like The Rock and, and how he is, he could just basically run, run the country by just being The Rock and not really having to be like some kind of exceptional politician or you know, have, a, have a law background or anything like that. Yeah, he has none of that. 
He absolutely has none of that. Neither did Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So now you, I don't even know if The Rock graduated from Miami. Uh, to be honest with you, I think he did, but I'm not sure. But if he graduated from Miami, and that's all he was, I don't know if he ever had time ever. I mean, he was too busy becoming the biggest star in the history of the world. Well, you, so Trump, Trump was a UPenn graduate from Wharton School in business, um, but. I mean the whole the whole real estate background that's that's tied way you know that goes beyond exactly it's not like he built that up himself at all exactly everyone thinks it's a self-made million oh my god I got a small loan of a million dollars from my dad hey you know they were saying too if he just would have just been if he just would have sold all the properties that he had when he was supposed to as because he was going to be the president and he couldn't uh you know, couldn't own or run businesses while you were president. If he just would have sold all that anyways and liquidated it, put the money into the stock market, he would be billions rich. And I think I might even just said this on the podcast already. You can find this somewhere in an episode. If he just would have actually sold all his all his loser real estate, put the money in, just liquidate it, put whatever he got from it, which wouldn't have been what he what he had started with. Obviously, it was all losing ventures, but we put that in the stock market. And the way the stock market has been the last couple of years, especially through the pandemic, he'd be billions rich. And that's something that he did. His presidency created that stock market boom. He would have been a product of his own. That's what people do, right? You, you, you run for president, you become president, and then you benefit, you benefit off the greater good of what you do as, as president. And that just goes for anything, whether you're president of the United States or you're the president of Xerox or you're the president of Apple. Yes. Those are the type of things that you, it just goes to show you how idiotic the guy was. He's just such a, a narcissist that he didn't realize that he could have just got out of all that losing vision. Now he's got to deal with Deutsche Bank and like, the tax returns and and still having these loser properties, these Trump Plaza, the real estate in New York. So so Trump Plaza and Atlantic City got imploded. And then honestly, going back to the Zennial ties, if anybody remembers, the big event there, which was Mike Tyson and, and Michael Spinks um, at Trump Plaza, it really solidified Mike Tyson as heavyweight champion. Uh, you know, just this lightning quick, an amazing alley. It's probably one of the best best uh, athletes to really come up and it was all took place under Trump's watch at um, Trump Plaza in 1988. And as you will remember, Trump was wearing, and I don't know if people don't might not remember, but he was wearing uh, pink that night as a, uh, as those master of ceremonies, you know, anyways, I remember that actually. Yeah, I know we, we would have been, I was in sixth grade at the time and I, I didn't, I, we didn't, my, we didn't get that pay-per-view shit. We never got it. Dad wasn't for that, you know, um, but yeah, just well, the to, like 50 bucks. I know back then and that, in the, in the, that fight, I think lasted 91 seconds. I, I don't know. Oh, that that, that might've been the one. Yeah. I mean, he, he beat the fuck out of him. Most, most of those first couple were when Tyson was coming up, they all lasted seconds. Yeah. Yep. And so then, crazy. and then they didn't know what they were going to do. No, they didn't know what they were going to do really. And then, and then the, the other way around, and then so then you have this guy, James Buster Douglas, comes out of nowhere and then clocks Tyson, knocks him out. I actually w- was 
not watching it. I remember back when we, and this is another Zennial thing. Woo, this is the most Zennial show we've had. In such we a- have, yeah. Absolutely. Even with Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, no, exactly. I was. He's I, one of us. He's, I am a huge wrestling fan. Is, I'm very versed on The Rock. I've I've met him, and I love him. So I'm very versed on him. I go all day because it's about wrestling. So he's probably watching some of the same Saturday morning cartoons that we were. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, yeah, because I think if I'm not mistaken, he's about six or seven years older than us. Okay. So 10 years from now, he's going to be in his 60s. That's prime time age for president. Let's be honest. Sure. Yeah. And he's in great shape. If you had him. But anyways, what were we, what were we, what were we just talking about before we talked about? We went oh, back well, to- so there's this, you know, the whole Zennial uh, perspective. Oh, yeah. Tyson's you know, heavyweight, heavyweight champion run there. Uh, yes. So I was able to, if you remember the cable boxes, the channels, you could hear the audio. But it would be kind of scrambled. But you can kind of see visions kind of just blurred. And I absolutely remember what you're talking about, yes. So I was able to adjust my TV a little bit to where you kind of – there were certain pay-per-view and pay channels that weren't too bad. You could kind of see half of the screen. And so I was watching that fight that way. And it was kind of blurry. I remember my, my parents were out for whatever reason. I think my mom, my dad was playing a gig or something and my mom was out with him. And I was watching this, watching my brother, and I couldn't believe it because Buster Douglas was just a jabroni. We were already talking Holyfield Tyson at that point in time. That was the big one that was going to happen. And Buster Douglas, out of nowhere, Tyson did look like he was going to come back and win the match. I think he knocked down Buster Douglas in the eighth round. But Douglas got up, and then he knocked him out in the tenth round. I know, I know exactly what you mean with that, where the cable would bleed. Do you were able in some of the early cable systems? We were able to tweak it and, and be able to, to see stuff. Another one with with us on RCN's cable system in Pennsylvania and Jersey. There was there was this uh, video show for hip hop that would come out of New York called Video Music Box, and if you if you landed on channel thirty one right at three o'clock. And it would come bleeding in, but you had to leave the channel on there. And if you were like a couple seconds uh, later or, or a couple seconds before, you missed the feed come right through. And then you got to watch this uh, really awesome uh, early early stage uh, video show coming out of New York where a lot of some of the early uh, LL Cool J and Big Daddy Kane and Special Ed, all those coming out of New York at that time period were on, you could see their actual music videos that weren't really getting the exposure on MTV yet or very little. Uh, just maybe you know, MTV Raps that was it, but it's kind of special. It's just the, uh, the pre-digital uh, age of cable and, and, and everything with the, the internet was really not there yet. You know, the internet for, for me, especially it wasn't until 95, 96, but not really clearly till 98 till I actually had it in the house. Oh yeah. I mean, we grew up, it was all cable, man. That's all it was. Yeah. People and, and, you know, smoking weed <laughs> in the mid nineties. Yeah. And honestly, I ended up making my career that, uh, in cable and it's been many years working for a lot of those same, same, uh, cable companies like time Warner, RCN, Comcast, uh, uh, I kind of miss missed those early days, you know, but uh, got really in the meat of it uh, during the, uh, the the early two thousands into two thousand ten. Yeah, 10s early. 
it's so incredible. I mean, it sounds so crazy that we had beepers. All right. You know, we used to burning a CD was a big deal. Oh, you got a CD burner? Badass. Can I come over to your house and burn some CDs? Well, there was the uh, the beepers had you could get a clear case too to put the clear case over them, so then you could see the uh, actual internal workings of it. You know, and you got. But I always thought they were really pointless because then you just have to go to a payphone a lot of times and call call whoever it was back. I mean, you know, it, unless you were really rich and you had like a mobile phone. I think the standards because of that were a little different. So if you beep somebody, you didn't necessarily get a call back right away, but you get a call back eventually. Oh, I see. Yeah, so this thing of standards were a little bit different. Like if I, someone didn't get back to me right away, I didn't really care unless I needed them. But if I really needed them, it was 911. You did your number 911. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. You see, I, I, I didn't even get involved in the culture. It was just, I, I was, it was on the outs. I was not getting a beeper that was not allowed. Like, because my parents were going to have to get it. I, you know, I don't, I'm not really, I was, I, you know, I started working at 16, but, you know, not enough to, to find out to, to start paying for paging service. <laughs> I wasn't a beeper guy. I had a beeper. I remember tripping on acid in 1995 or, or late, or late, late 94, early 95. And I tripped so hard on this white blotter acid. It was, and it was only, it was the third time I tripped, but the first two times were not that effective. This I got from my friend Megan in high school. She met me through this one dude who had it. And he was the first time I saw a hippie, I think, not knowing what a hippie was. And he, but he was a raver hippie and he just cut out like, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, sure, man. And he had these, just cut out these, you know, the, these, these cards, they looked like playing cards. I mean, I never saw acid before. And that like cut up like that. He just cut it right in front of me. And we thought we knew what we were doing with acid. And we did a lot more than we thought we knew we were doing. And it was within 15 minutes. It was like, uh Oh, yeah. I tell you what, the white potter was always the screamer stuff too, man. It was like, you know, you weren't going to have just a calm, uh, subtle one with that stuff. So. Well, no, unfortunately, we did it at my house because we thought we could handle it because we thought all acid was the same, you know, because you're a 17-year-old kid. What else are you going to think? And fuck, dude, <laughs> it was we were watching the wall. Me and my friend Tim were watching the wall and we were just watching that. I just remember the kid. Remember when he's singing about his father in the beginning of the movie and I and we just put it on. Thinking that, you know, maybe we'd wait through by the time we get to, hey, you will be pretty good. We were watching early in the, we weren't even into, you know, we weren't even into mother yet. And we were like, oh, uh-oh, my parents brought home pizza and I couldn't even eat it. I couldn't get it because the cheese was melting all over my hand. I was like, what the fuck is happening to me? And trying to get out of my house nonchalantly when we had plans to hang out at the house all night was not easy talking to my parents. And I, for some reason, I thought my mother would be the calm one about it because I didn't want my dad to be disappointed in me. And so I'm like, all right, mom. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, all right, I took a hit of acid and I'm tripping. My mother freaked the fuck out. Freaked out. While you were still tripping? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was, I was locked in my room and was forced to do that trip by myself and my parents yelling at me. Wow. I wonder if that changed you. 
it was one of the few moments my father and I were vulnerable at the same time. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. It was, it was like a funny story and the way it was going. And then it just kind of like went, whoa. And then you kind of think about it. If I were to apply that to my family dynamics, that would it would suck. In fact, I hate I hated coming down off of it and coming back into the house because I had to like go back home, you know. And then there was like something going on that was, you know, you know, because you know my brother was autistic, so it, it, it didn't take much times. And I'm, I'm coming down off uh, off a trip or uh, you know having to be in the house at that same time was. Uh, tough to deal with yeah it was because we were naive because we got gotten two other we tripped on acid two other times previously and the acid was eh it was it was decent maybe i don't know it was my first time so my perspective was, had changed i laughed really hard i enjoyed myself and i wanted to do more of it but this one was just and so my friend was kicked out happened and so then he had hanging out with my other friends driving. There was a talent show at my high school that night. We were going to go there. I don't even know that. Then apparently that didn't go well. My friend Angelo, God rest his soul, thought he had a heart attack that night. Showed up at my house the next day. I was grounded. I couldn't leave the house for obvious reasons. And he just gives me a big hug. He's like, dude, that was fucked up. And I didn't even trip with Angelo. He tripped with Tim. They, they tripped together after Tim got kicked out. <laughs> It always seems to happen. You know, you have a couple cool ones and then you have that one that gets real with you and you're just like, whoa, this stuff really isn't like to be messed with that like hard or whatever. Whoa. All of a sudden, you know, it's like the first, you, you do like do it a couple of times. You're just like, man, that was so funny. And we watched Jimi Hendrix and it was like, we went to Denny's and then everybody, we were like under attack and then we like went underneath the table. It was like so fun. And then you end up having that one. It's like the meaning of life. And it's like, things don't go the way they were supposed to. And you're still like full on. And you're just like, whoa, this stuff's just like, and you're like, whoa, whoa, wh where am I? Where'd my mind go? You know, there's that one. And then you come, but the best part about those though, if you don't freak out too much, where it totally fucks up your whole night, when you get over that hump and you have that clarity where you have that enlightenment moment, you're like, Oh yes, I need to take this with me the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's those moments that you—that's that's what you take out of it. You know, that's the that's the learning experience that makes you who you are from that. You know, you you do that about sixty or seventy times, and man, you got one creative person right there, probably, or someone living, or somebody living sixty or seventy times. Uh, it's probably a little on the low end, but. Oh, it's definitely on my end. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you would have to average my... Start, I started tripping. I, I would say average of... I thought it would be 10, but it's probably not 10. It's probably around seven a year, I would say, because it's been light the last couple of years for obvious reasons. Sure. You know, yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm done with it, too, at this point in time. I think I'm, I'd be over it. Or I'll do it one more time without any booze. I Because... I, that's what's funny about about not drinking. I get to experience all these things that were really muddied because of the alcohol. Like, yeah, I don't want to keep on going back to it, but summer camp's going to be a blast without the side effects of alcohol. 
you have to think you're mixing chemicals really when you 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 take lsd and then you drink alcohol on top of it you're really mixing your your bloodstream up like I mean, anything's possible then you can almost short circuit really yeah it's yeah not, exactly. recommended. not recommended at all and i've done what all the time how we, yeah i always had a drink in my hand right you know what i mean sure especially at summer camp <laughs> this summer camp is going to be amazing because i'm going to have my wits about me but i'll still not have my wits about me you know i gotta start thinking piecing this together what i'm going to do because i haven't gotten a ticket yet and honestly i want to i want to do this and uh but i have i feel like i need to have like some sort of game plan together for the next six months so i can plan this you know i don't know if i'm going to be working full time or i'm going to like dive into software development or a little of both and then how that how how summer camp would fit into that but uh, that's just kind of where i'm at right now well this would be my game plan if I'm the big, which brings us back full fucking circle, ladies and gentlemen, to our original point. Oh, that's right. For the uh, full disclosure Friday episode. It is a Friday. Oh, I don't know why. And it was kind of and it was kind of full disclosure, too. It just wasn't the full disclosure like we did like a month ago, which was like, who who knows where those tapes are? But man, that that, that talk about Andrew Cuomo. But uh <laughs> <laughs> no. I released a third of it. So oh, really? That might be something we pick up a little bit more steam. I was gonna say a little scandalous. Maybe. They're safe. I gotta listen to them. I actually haven't listened to them in a while. It would be no. good because those are timeless. But sure, big. Yeah, if I'm you though, brother, go. You're gonna need time and resources. This comes down to your unemployment. You're gonna get your unemployment. I'm not saying plan like you're definitely gonna get it. It's pretty much a positive you're going to get your unemployment. Plan like uh, you're going to appeal if you don't. <laughs> you don't get no, it. No, you plan on summer camp no matter what. Oh, great. Right. Yes. Yes. Have a backup plan, but just make sure that backup includes, hey, I know when I'm hiring, is it cool? I need an A this weekend off. It's a special weekend for me and my family. Make up something. Tell them. I hope they don't listen to this, but they don't know who you really are. <laughs> Oh, no, they, they don't listen. I've missed, brought this up several times to my mom, and she just never said, like, well, maybe I'll listen, or, oh, where, where is it? Where can I listen to that? You know, it's just it's like, she just is like, oh, that sounds cool. I, she knows how my radio, have, you know, she knows how I've been over the years. So she doesn't, you know, we, we were over that back in the 90s. She stopped listening to my program, but, <laughs> but yeah. Well, you're much more insightful now, and, and you've been through some life's rigors. But you have a chance here, Amanda, to create your own destiny, write your own script, and build that foundation. And then, with this, you could be your own boss. Create. This is what you can do. You can put the time and effort into it now, even if you have to go do another gig on the side. Money's easy. Go get two delivery gigs, or deliver for Prime. There is definitely tons of that going on right now. So, what the fuck, dude? Go after your dreams. This is the chance. This is the one opportunity. If you don't do it now, and you don't get this opportunity again, it's going to be a fucking thing to think about when you're 60. <laughs>